we wish were better. Maybe for you it's that you'd get your spending under control and you'd be able to control your budget a whole lot better. Maybe for someone else it's their health. You would uh, long to be uh, more healthy and strong and fit. Maybe for someone else it's uh, being more confident in social settings. You feel a fear of crowds and you, you don't know how to interact in that space. I'm learning that when we want to change anything in our lives, pretty much anything, the battle is won or lost right here. The battle is won or lost in our minds. It's only when we learn to think differently that we learn to do differently. And our lives largely rise or fall based off our thinking. It's changing our thought life that we end up embracing a new life. Our thinking patterns are that much of a big deal. It's like the rudder of a ship that steers the direction of that entire ship. A small thing and yet unseen thing, but, but this is how it plays out for us. Last year, my wife Yvonne and I watched a series of teaching by Craig Rochelle called Mastermind. Highly recommend it to you if you particularly struggle in this area of anxiety. Go home and search online for a series called Mastermind by Craig Rochelle. The key thought Craig keeps returning to throughout this series is this. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. If you miss everything else I say tonight, capture that, because that could change your life right there. Fall asleep, if you may, 60 seconds from now. Don't miss that. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Mental health has become a hot spot in our culture. Hasn't it? I'm going to have to do this shoelace up because it's frustrating me and some of you are probably noticing it too and it's causing anxiety. <laughs> Let's deal with that. <laughs> the reason that, that um, statement on screen is so powerful is actually because it's essentially a paraphrase of the Bible. It's in the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. We have these words, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as we think, so we become. This is how life works. When we fixate on a particular thought, that thought can become a reality. And often it, uh, life unfolds for us like a self-fulfilling prophecy. We, we're heading out to a party and we're telling ourselves along the way, nobody there will like me. And guess what? What's the experience at the party like? We found that nobody there really liked us because... A person that has friends must themselves be friendly. So it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. As I enter that with that thought, being that, being that having captured my attention, attention I, I, I live that out. I live that reality out. We cannot have a positive life while adopting a negative mindset because life is essentially the sum of the total thoughts we think. Our thoughts are really that influential on our lives. Philippians 4, while I said tonight's not a theology lesson, I always want to read God's word. That's where the power is. God's word. Philippians chapter 4 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Here's what happens. The peace of God transcends all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, 
whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If you understood the depths to which I struggle with anxiety, you'd probably go back to the search committee and say, why did you pick this guy as the new leader of our church? Fair enough. Fair enough. I ask myself the same question all the time. Why has God got me leading a church when I have this profound internal struggle going on? And the struggle is real. I know for some of you think these people like me that stand up the front glow in the dark. However, let me burst that bubble. It is not the case. We have human struggles just like you do. And I've had to live with this shortcoming. And for me, mental health has been a big issue, anxiety in particular. Now, I'm not going to go into all the personal details tonight as far as how that anxiety formed in me. I don't think that would be helpful in a corporate environment to get into the nitty-gritties and we'll be here all night. Suffice to say, my struggle goes back um, to as far back as I can remember, to when I was just a small child. I can remember being four years old and biting my nails until they bled, having this nervous energy and not knowing what to do with it. I, I can recall just being this high in certain television shows that the majority of the population would giggle at, causing deep anxiety in me and, and giving me nightmares and me waking up with that fear and that panic and that accelerated heartbeat and the dread of those nightmares. And although I didn't have the terminology way back then, I didn't know it was called anxiety, I was experiencing it. It was a real part of my life, right through until now, where these days I've got some big people stuff to worry about, not just whether a frog's going to come and eat me while I'm asleep. <laughs> now, by now, some of you have never struggled with anxiety are probably ready to interject and say, shake it off, Jono. Get over it. Build a bridge. Don't worry. Be happy. If you know the Bible so well, just apply it. Simple. Easy fix. You're the preacher. You know what to do. Take the Bible. Grab a hold of a few verses. Quote them out loud. Believe by faith and Bob's your uncle. Well, Bob might be your uncle, but if that's his advice, he doesn't know much about anxiety. Bob is clueless. If that's his response, it's not so straightforward. I need four volunteers in just a moment, and I'm going to demonstrate uh, tonight what anxiety can feel like. So can four people come up the front and help us? And if we don't get enough volunteers, I'll take the microphones to you. <laughs> Thank you. There's one. <laughs> We've got some anxious people now. We're handing out microphones. We need two more people, please. Come up the front. I just need you to read something out, so don't get too scared. You're not having to give your personal story or anything. One more person. One more person. Maybe, maybe stand up on the platform if that's okay. That's caused anxiety. Over here, Carla, if that's okay, because we've got the... Now you know what it feels like to be me. <laughs> it is bright up here. So 
When, when you get told, so Wayne is going to read the scriptures for us. And uh, so let's, let's hear you read the scriptures. Scripture, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, that'll do. Thanks. We'll stop you there. Because we're going to bring some other thoughts into the room, which is what it feels like to process anxiety. So this is God's word. And for people external to this struggle would go, you just need to listen to that. But it's not the only thought going on in the mind of an anxious person. So whilst we're trying to listen to God's word, we have other thoughts pop up like our budget. So you, you read again and you bring the budget into the equation as well. So what, keep reading. Finally, brothers and You're sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is immortal, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen me... That'll do, that'll do. So we'll keep bringing in some more thoughts just to complicate matters. A bit about our sporting team and then a bit about our health as well. So Football, if now you could read a reasonable all at the same time. Season. Nobody gave them much chance to win around one in Adelaide, especially with the amount of injuries. Go Saints. That was fantastic effort. Their losses have always been excusable. Giving players going down hard to win when have two on the bench injured on each occasion. So Clearly can we just call you to stop for a sec? How are you going listening to God? The finals look like <laughs> Easy, right? Easy. Or are you struggling to just stick to that thought when you've got all of these other thoughts going on as well? It's difficult. This is, a, this is a real life struggle for a person with anxiety. They're trying their utmost to focus here, but then they've got this and then they've got this and then they've got this and whilst they're trying to deal with that thought, they're trying to get back here and... Running around, and that's what it kind of feels like to deal with this issue. That's just a small, small, small taster for you if you've never had any experience with it of what this feels like. Thanks, guys. Why don't you give them a hand? Just, just down there is fine. If the idea of anxiety is brand new for you, my prayer tonight is empathy, not experience. I don't want you to have to experience in order to understand it. I just pray empathy in Jesus' name, that you'll begin to just perhaps get a taste of what it would be like. Because if you're not personally struggling with this, someone you love probably is. And just saying to them, take your thoughts captive, just listen to God. It's not quite as easy as it sounds, although we would love for that to be the case. Now, for some of you, I've made anxiety feel pretty complex, and really it is. But this is just a small taste of how it can feel. It is complicated, and I don't want to present tonight as though I've got the, the silver bullet that you've been looking for to know how to deal with your anxiety. I've got some habits that have helped me, but... But, but these are just things that have helped me. I haven't got a silver bullet for you, sorry. Everyone's on their own personal journey with God. There's multiple things that have helped. Of course, spiritual things like seeking out prayer from others. 
listening to worship music and entering into the spirit of that. But there's other things, physical things, like getting the right amount of exercise and the right diet and the right sleep that can help deal with anxiety. But again, my testimony is this. Thinking is absolutely paramount to breaking free from anxiety. When I'm able to calm myself down and logically process what's going on, here is what, if I have one single thing that's been helpful in my life, it's this. Understanding what lie is drawing me into bondage. So when I begin to feel anxiety descend upon me and my heart begin to race and feeling that tightening in the chest and the quick breathing and the restlessness and the tension and, the, and, and feeling wound up and edgy and all of that stuff, when my mind begins to race and I feel confused and anxious, I'm slowly, slowly getting better at stepping back and asking this question. What lie is drawing me into bondage? What lie have I begin to adopt in my thinking? Because it seems every single time there is one. There is one underneath that. Because whilst I've just given you this example of, of different thoughts, trying to process different thoughts at the same time, what you need to understand is often it's not just numerous thoughts, it's negative thoughts. It's worst case scenarios. So these thoughts don't just spring up to remind us about our sporting team and how they're going or about our budgeting and how that's going or about our health or even, even the Bible. It's not just thoughts, it's worst case scenarios that the anxious person is dealing with. It's, it's lies underneath those uh, thoughts. It's, it goes like this. There's a reason you're single. You're unattractive. You're not beautiful. You're not handsome. You're undesirable. You're ugly. <laughs> See, the thoughts aren't just thoughts. They're aggressive in nature. It isn't just about say, start budgeting and, and saving to be effective in our financial management. It, it's, it's the lie. You'll never have enough. You'll never have enough. You'll always be living in poverty. And in fact, your children's children will be living in poverty. It's worst case scenarios. It's not just about your sporting team. It's more like your life is dull. All your hobbies are boring. You've got nothing good to look forward to. Your life is terrible. Lies, lies, and more lies. If the truth sets us free, let me say that again. If the truth sets us free, Jesus said it does, then a lie holds us in bondage, right? Stands to reason. So there must be a lie. If I'm feeling this, this tension in my spirit and a lack of liberty and a lack of freedom, then I begin to believe a lie. I begin to give my ear to the father of lies. There's a lie I've begun to believe. And sometimes it's unconscious. Sometimes we are foolish enough to think that we're kind of living in neutral territory. But it's not true. Our minds are a war zone. And the enemy of souls comes along to whisper and tell us we're worthless and tell us we're unworthy and tell us our life is pointless. And if we begin to listen, we cave in and we feel anxious. So every time I've felt this anxiety rising in me, I've learned to try and step back and ask, what lie am I believing here? 
And 100% of the time, hook, line and sinker, I've swallowed something from the enemy camp. And I'm believing his lies. Don't be deceived, friends. We kind of sometimes are crazy enough to think we're just in neutral territory, but no, we are not. We think if we plant carrots, if we plant carrot seeds, we'll get carrots, right? If we plant silver beet, that dreadful stuff will grow. (laughs) We'll get silver beet. If we plant pumpkin seeds, guess what will grow? Pumpkin. And so we've kind of, with that logic, led, led ourselves to think if we plant nothing, we'll get nothing. Not true. You plant nothing, you get weeds. You get weeds, right? So if you're planting nothing in your mind. You get weeds, you get lies. You get drawn into bondage. Lies, bondage, deception. The dark side doesn't take a day off. They continue to sow lies into the garden called our minds. When we begin to worry and stress and feel overwhelmed and unrest in our soul, underneath that somewhere is a lie that I'm nursing and believing and have swallowed. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this? Is the power of positive thinking the answer? Is this the cure to all of our anxiety worries? Will it make a difference? Well, this is the cultural response. Talk yourself through it. Picture a better version of yourself and and you'll begin to live it out. Does it work? Well, yes, it does. It has some good outcomes. Positive thinking is better than the alternative, right? Negative thinking. I mean, it's got to have some good benefit. It's got to be helpful to some degree. The reason it works is because it has an element of godliness to it. Because the Bible does say, renew your mind. However, positive thinking alone doesn't go far enough. Let me tell you why. Because positive thinking only addresses symptoms, not root causes. When I talk myself up and say, you'll be better than you were last year, on the basis of what? What, what? what can I base that positive thinking on? What's the foundation of that thought? If I'm just talking myself up, I need something deeper. I need to understand why I have value. I need to start with identity, not destiny, not behaviour, but beliefs. I need to go back to, to ground zero. And I can only do that when I shift to God's truth. Our life is pointed in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So what do we do? We set our mind, the Bible says. We set our mind on things above. We set our mind on things above. We set our mind. That's not all it says, though, in Colossians 3. It says that the why, because I've been gifted a new identity, because your life has died and you've been hidden with Christ in God. That's why I set my mind. It's because God has given me a new identity. We, we, we hear these, these words, set your mind, and we think about it like an air conditioning temperature. You know, we set the climate control in the room and it just stays there. Not so when it comes to our mind. Not so. And this is where our reading in Philippians that we began with becomes so important. So it's not just a recipe for escaping anxiety. Don't worry. Pray about everything. That'll work for the moment, sure. That's a temporary fix. 
But this scripture goes on to say, it gives us the maintenance to, to maintain this peace of God because it says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's powerful, friends. Think about that. Keep your mind set there. This is an ongoing reset because our minds keep wandering away from that and we reset again and again and again. This is a maintenance that we need to do because we don't wake up in perfect alignment with heavenly thoughts. I don't at least, do you? We don't. Some of you are saying, but what about my feelings? What do I do with them? I mean, I come to church... I hear that God loves me, and that's wonderful for the hour I'm there. What about the other 167 hours? There I've got to deal with my own thoughts, my own space, and my feelings run wild. seems to me that church folks don't always manage emotions well. There's an element in Christianity that's very conservative that kind of just gives us the impression we're best to deny our feelings. Just deny them in the hope that they'll go away. Pretend they're not there. Well, that's unsustainable, so we slip to the other end of the spectrum where instead of them being denied, they start to dictate what's going on. And neither options are good, but it can get to the stage where our feelings run the show. We begin thinking and acting and just doing whatever we feel, and the feelings dictate. Both options are terrible. Don't deny your emotions, but don't let them dictate either. We need to learn to direct our feelings, to tell our feelings what we want them to do next. And we can do that. God has given us that power by his spirit to direct our feelings and make them submit to truth. What does this look like? I want to get really, really, really practical. An anxious person would come here tonight and leave here tonight saying a statement like this. I heard God loves me in there but I still feel afraid. They walk out of the room and this is the feelings part. I still feel afraid. I'm saying don't deny your feelings, but don't let them dictate. Direct your feelings. How do we do that with that sentence? We first say it what we feel and then over the top of that, we put God's truth. Let me say the same sentence again, only switch it. I feel afraid, but I know God is with me and he loves me. You see the difference? See the difference? See what I let have the final word in that sentence? I haven't denied my feelings. I've been true to my feelings. I've acknowledged them. I've let them out there. But I've made them submit to the truth of God's word. Because where I put the but in the sentence matters. What comes after the but matters. Say whatever you feel like. I mean, the Psalms give us permission to do that, right? You have read the Psalms, the Bible's songbook. You have seen what, what the cat's David lets out of the bag in there. I mean, wow, there's nothing off limits. God wants to know how, what, how we feel, what, what's going on in our emotions. However, where we let that sentence finish matters. I feel this, blah, blah, blah. I, mean, I don't mean to, to not validate the feelings. I mean, let it out there. I feel this and it... And it and it's, and it's ugly, and it's this, and it's that, and it's dark. But God says this. Let truth have the final word. 
Don't let anxiety finish the sentence. Let truth finish the sentence. Over time, we'll begin to be set free. My people, you who've had this struggle in your life, please be kind to yourself. Please be patient with the process. Please keep telling yourself the truth because our lives are really heading in the direction of our strongest thoughts. They are. So make sure they're thoughts well chosen. Our lives will bear the fruit of what we let our mind dwell on. It's okay to admit your fears, your frustrations, your anger even. It's okay to let that out before God. He, he, he's interested in it. He wants to hear it. But we don't let that be the only voice in the sentence. In fact, we don't let that be the final word. We say, but, and then we put the truth over the top of whatever it is we're feeling. I want to finish tonight on a reflective note. I'm going to play a clip for you in just a moment. That, and I just invite the Holy Spirit to move in us tonight as we watch this. And we'll finish tonight in a little quieter space than normal. And there'll be people available up the front here. If you'd like prayer tonight, if you, if you just have this sense that, yeah, there's some stuff that needs to be broken in my life, I'm just really missing the peace of God in a big way. And there's people up here that would love to pray that through with you tonight. I realise that some of you need to move on out and, and head home. That's, that's cool. Let's watch this clip. And as we do, we, we're asking, Lord, that you would really minister your peace to us. And then we'll close out with some prayer. Thanks, guys. Here before your love, we're not afraid. We thank you, God, for your presence in which we can be still and know that you are God. And the peace of God which passes understands will guard our minds in Christ Jesus. Tonight, Lord, we choose your truth. We choose to reject the lies. And we choose what you say. We choose it in Jesus' name. Amen. There will be people here to pray for you if you would like prayer. Um, otherwise, God bless you and keep you and uh, make his face shine upon you and bring you peace. Thank you, Lord.